Hello everyone, um, welcome back for yet again of another episode of No One. Oh, I am so excited to be here recording this last segment of we've had black love, we've had black heartbreak, and now we are on to black healing. So I want to say this has been a project that has been a real, real labor of love and this is a project of something I'm just so profoundly proud of. These are topics and discussions that I have never in my life discussed openly with friends or family and let alone um, on a larger platform but it has been through encouragement and support and you know recognition of you all um, that has really encouraged me to um, start this work it it truly has nourished my spirit into feeling confident and comfortable enough to talk about these complex concepts relating to my identity now as you can imagine being a mother is the most sacred um, and, and important Um, aspect of my identity and that is inherently linked to my relationship with my child's father and there is just a sense of again sacredness but also protection that I've had over this relationship for coming up to 10 years in March next year so it's this really crazy 10-year anniversary and almost like a completion you know because um, there is always a beginning there is always an end and I have never in my life felt so comfortable with letting go I have never in my life felt so free if that makes sense and you know this is such a feeling that I want to contribute to sharing and also I want to continue in growing towards is this sense of freedom and you know opportunity to explore you know, healing and growth and maturity and womanhood and femininity and sexuality and sensuality and truth and celibacy and um, ambition and motivation, but also patience and tenacity and strength. You know, so there is just this uh, umbrella of opportunities for me right now. And I just want to thank you all for being here. And this is closure of a chapter. Me talking about black healing is my way to let go. Me sharing with you ways that I am healing and, and talking about healing from an Indigenous perspective, a black female's perspective, is my way of letting go. I have never in my life... Um, almost allowed myself the opportunity to divulge in healing. I have always thought, oh, you've got a job or you've got studies or you're a mum or you're a sister, you're this, you're that. The grief, you know, the loss, the the heartache, the memories, the longing for all of that, the detox, okay, of those emotions, okay, I have never allowed myself to fully commit because I've always distracted myself. Okay, I've always distracted myself. And I feel like for a lot of you listening, if there is an aspect of your life and if you are Indigenous or even if you're a person of colour in this country or even if you're non-Indigenous as well, if you are a part of a marginalised collective of your own alternative perspective, you are persecuted for not fitting that, that 
normative you know ways of being or ways of living and we are persecuted for that and we know ways to manage that is what I'm trying to say is we figure out ways to almost negotiate our existence in this country and I feel like that's something I've become an expert at if there's something I do not like I know strategies to move around it strategies or maneuvers to make decisions to be made to make sure I am comfortable and again this black heartbreak this black love and now this black healing is something I don't don't want to just maneuver around it's something I want to fully immerse myself in so I'm not going to blabber anymore we're going to get into black healing now a large component of this discussion is relating to a topic another really uh, sensitive or uh, close topic to my heart and spirit is that of my spirituality so I have never gotten into this quite deep um, and because it is something again that is so sacred and um, it's very private I come from a a very very private family um, on my paternal side um, and a father that is particularly private as well so talking about openly about my spirituality religion faith whatever English language word you want to use in the language um, to best describe it I have been very private Um, Throughout this year, I have tried different religions. I have tried Christianity. I have tried Islam and converted to both of those. But I have come back to um, my Aboriginal faith or my Aboriginal religion, spirituality, whatever you want to call it, okay? So my healing is inherently connected to my indigeneity or my, my spirituality. Now, this has been a very hard thing to talk about, and I do plan to continue discussing this in later podcasts, but it's very difficult when you are following your Aboriginal faith or spirituality. You don't necessarily have the high uh, uh, collective and you don't always have accessibility, okay? You can't go to a mosque, you can't go to a temple, you can't go to a church. You know, it is something that's very individualistic. And I felt like for a long time, that is what I was running from. I was running from, I was running away from the self-work. I was running away from me, AJ, Alicia, you know, at the end of the day, or Alicia, my family call me. That is what I was running away from. I was looking for healing or connectedness or faith or hope or forgiveness in uh, coalitions almost or larger collectives. I was looking for directions and answers. Now you may think, what does this re- what does this have to do? What does your spiritual journey have to do with healing? It has everything to do with it. It is inherently connected, and I feel like it is such a, an important point in this decolonial space to recognize. For so many of us, everything is intertwined: our spiritual beliefs, our healing, our love, our relationships, our heartbreak, our trauma. Everything is interwoven and that is, you know, the blanket or that is the society, that is the way of existing that so many Indigenous communities live within. We cannot be intersectional. We cannot divide and separate um, different elements of our identity. But that is what I was trying to do. I was trying to, you know, find these answers and scripts and in, in writing and texts and things that I could hold. It was very difficult for me in my um, spiritual journey to not have that, you know, not have symbols and things of such that I can lean on, if that makes sense, and and words or scriptures that I can read when I'm lost, you know. But I feel like through my spirituality and the journey that I'm on now of healing and care, I'm always getting 
scriptures. I'm always getting messages. If anything, the messages do not stop. They come from nature. They come from animals. They come from my relatives, children, my child, my dreams. They come from the wind. They come from the ocean, you know, out the bush, the dirt, the sun, everything teaches me lessons. And this has been my healing. My healing has been recognizing that, yeah, um, someone you loved deeply, someone you you invested so much in, someone you literally wanted to grow old with and have grandchildren and, and do all of that with is not that, is not what you had hoped for. Um, and that is a massive loss, guys. I don't want to devalue um, the loss that I've taken, the hit that I've taken with this failed relationship. But also the other thing I want to talk about is with that vulnerability and with that hit or that loss or that trauma of of having to let that person go and that dream go and those those prayers go, it has opened something new. It truly has evoked something in my spirit which enables me to be open. It enables me to hope and dream, not for a man, not for a relationship, not for even a connectedness. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be crystal clear. You all know black fishing is coming, my online dating experience. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna, you know, jump around. Your girl tried it. She really, she really tried. She really, really tried, bitch. Um, I tried it. It wasn't for me. Okay, I did it. Online dating was not for me. Meeting new people was not for me. I am on my journey of healing. So my experience with online dating, again, reiterated again, what I was trying to do with other faiths was run, was run, 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 run. Distract, distract, distract. Don't focus on you. You know, I did not want to be focusing on me. I did not want to look inward. I did not want to reflect on me in this whole cosmos that is our, our existence. I didn't want to reflect on that. And I feel like that is something that we all struggle with as humans. This is something I've struggled with since I was a child when my mom, you know, started giving me more responsibilities around the house and I was, you know, becoming a young woman. I struggle with that. When I had to go to high school and I I went into senior high school, I struggle with that. My personality type does not always do well with change, okay, and that is why it's so important, this journey of, of healing. That is why this journey of self-discovery is so important. Now, I don't want to get really abstract. I want to be quite practical with my black healing. Now, with the title, don't think that this is only connected to love. Don't think this is only connected to black people. And don't think that this is only connected to rela- relationships. Again, with this whole decolonial conversation, we need to move beyond the concepts that have been provided to us from Western society. I am obviously calling this episode Black Love because I, uh, Black Healing, because I'm a Black woman that's healing. But these principles, these messages that I'm giving you, I would like to think that they can be um, applied to so many different people. They can be applied to so many different aspects and journeys of, of individuals. And the reason why I would like to think that is because I believe the knowledges, I believe the healing power. And again, the knowledge, because healing is knowledge, the knowledge that Indigenous people and communities have can honestly heal this country. Now, even for me to say things like this is quite difficult because it is so emotional. Um, Every day in our society, we're constantly being challenged and especially going through this pandemic, I feel like so many of us have been pushed 
to the limits, if it's jobs, security, if it's university, if it's family life, if it's children, if it's relationships, everything across the board. And and even a lot of you listening right now, um, I want to recognise the impacts that it's had on relationships. So even travelling home to community across states within the continent, but also travelling overseas. And really recognising more than ever, we as a nation in the world need to employ strategies of healing. We as a as a nation need to recognise that we're going through a really shit time, and that's okay. We don't need to be looking externally. Let's look internally. Let's look at let's look at opportunities for growth, change, and development. And I feel like that is a fundamental to healing, and that is a fundamental to our future. So like I said, I don't want to be really abstract. You guys know I'm really practical and I'm really transparent and I try to be really, what's the word? Organic. Organic. I hate that word. (laughs) I want to be really organic. So with healing, I want to give you some speaking points or some areas that I've struggled with. And then obviously I've I've learned to um, engage with or even just tips you know for healing because this is things I've never heard I've never heard someone come to me and yarn to me about healing you know or or when things aren't working ways to make healing work and I feel like that again is a product of colonization that these types of conversations are not happening or and this relates not only to relationships as such as man and woman woman and woman man and man whatever it is non-gender binary romantic relationships but relationships across the board now I have shared uh here and there on Instagram that I do struggle with a relationship with my mother and we are constantly trying to work it out and and evolve and these healing strategies are applied to all of my relationships and that of with my mother and I believe if I continue on this journey of self-growth and evaluation and reflection it's only going to get better it has nothing to do with her this is about me if that makes sense and I feel like in in the healing we often think oh we've got to we've got to give them 50 they've got to have 50 and we've got to do this and no you are responsible for you you are responsible for your emotional responses you are responsible for your actions. You are responsible for the things that come out of your damn mouth. So that has been another big aspect of, of my healing journey. Now, one of my main things is, guys, I don't want you to underplay the connectedness to the environment, okay? I want you in whatever space you are, if you are in the heart of the city or if you are rural or remote, I don't want you to ever, ever neglect the fact to recognise, A, that you are on Aboriginal land, but most importantly, this is ancient sacred land, okay? And if we tap into that on a humanistic level but on a spiritual level, if we tap into recognising how ancient this country is, the power, the power that is exchanged and it is truly a product of mutual exchange, okay? It's like anything, like a human being. If you are so genuine, you are so open with that person and they meet you halfway or they pour what you pour into them, you know, like a friendship. If you do that with the environment and you do that with the land, you will get it back, but you'll get back so much more. I'm telling you, I have been all over this country, um, And wherever I go, I always try to connect. If it's, like I said, the breeze in Newtown or if it's um, seeing some some leaves being blown down George Street, you know, or a a crisp night in, in goddamn Parramatta, you know, wherever I am in Sydney, 
anywhere, even I've been to, you know, all over this country, wherever I am, or if I'm in Broken Hill, or if I'm in Wilcannia on a morning, you know, early morning at daybreak, wherever I am, I like to connect to the environment. And I feel like it is always open for connection if your intentions are set. Now, this has been a vital element of my healing, uh, connecting to the land and animals and the smallest, smallest things that remind me, you know, we are simply existing on this land. We are simply here for a blink. It is going to be here for eternity if, if this government does not destroy it. Um, the capacity, the weight behind that is just so powerful, guys. And if anything you get from this podcast, I hope you reflect on your environment. And if you are in the city, nature is still there. If you are in the country and it is dry as a bone, find the beauty in that. Or if you are on the coast and you've lived there your whole life, so you, you are underappreciating the ocean, take that time. Because we notice the beauty in people or people we are falling in love with or people that we are trying to get to know. We notice that. We notice, you know, their gestures or how they move their hands or, you know, their hair or their laugh or, you know, the quirks about them. We learn them and we fall in love with them, you know, as time goes by and we appreciate those little things. We have to do that for, for Mother Nature. We have to do that for the environment. So that was one of my major points with my healing journey. Now, my other one was, I kind of touched on it earlier, but was this not running from myself, not running from myself, recognizing that there is so much happening in me emotionally. There are so many balls in the air. There are so many bags I'm carrying, whatever, whatever analogy needs to be done. There is just so much happening in my, my body and, and my spirit, my soul, my head. There is so much going on. You cannot run from that. You cannot run from what you're carrying. You have to sit down, get on your leg, knees and le knees if you have to, or your, your bum or a seat, whatever makes you comfortable, and really evaluate what you're carrying and really evaluate, is it worth it? Is that relationship worth it? Is that job worth it? Is this in, uh, academic endeavor worth it? Is this business plan worth it? Is this uh, pet goldfish worth it? You know, is this collection of goddamn... I don't know. What do people collect? Tupperware. Is it worth it? Do I really need this many, you know, goddamn salad bowls? That is what we need to um, question ourselves. And we can only do that. No one else can sit there and tell you, you have too many salad bowls. They can tell you, but they can't tell you. And there is a big difference. Someone can sit there and tell you, that person is toxic. That person is taking so much. You are pouring, honey, pouring, pouring, pouring. But until you sit down and you're like, you know what? I'm exhausted. You know what? There is no, there's no more to give. Until you have that conversation with yourself, it's not going to happen. You aren't going to have that moment of realization. So those conversations with yourself, which can be seem overwhelming, which can seem not like priority, they are priority. And that is a false sense of consciousness. Repeat with me, false sense of consciousness. We are trying to regulate, trick ourselves into devaluing the importance of ourselves. That is a capitalist goal. That is the goal of Western civilization to make us feel like we're being dramatic. We're over, we're over the top. We're not, we're not worth it. There's so many other important things happening right now. Oh my God. Um, this football game is on. Oh my God. Christmas. I need to pop up, put up my tree. You know, these things are more important than our own themselves and in this capitalist utopia where we are just boom 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 producing 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 consuming 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 
sitting with yourself for an afternoon or an evening with a candle and a cup of green tea, bitch, it will do you wonders. Sitting on your couch and turning all the lights off except a candle and sitting there with your thoughts and focusing on your breathing, pushing your feet into the carpet or the tiles and just feeling that texture or coolness under your feet, it's grounding. Or if you're going for that walk, get your phone out, take a photo of those flowers or that foliage so you can look back at it. So you can actually look back and think, look at the beauty that is around me. Because we take photos of ourselves, we take photos of others, we take photos of landmarks. Let's take photos of nature. Let's take nature home with us. Let's embed nature in our technology. Let's give us the opportunity to create portals with our phones that enlighten us, that pick us up, that strengthen us. Don't have to take photos of the shoes or the clothes or the bag or the tea, bitch. Take photos of things that warm your heart. And that is another thing which I've been working really hard to heal with is technology. Consuming positive things, sharing positive things, if content is exploitative or if content is not quality or if it is negative or if it is, you know, really, really problematic, I am choosing to keep scrolling. And I encourage a lot of you to do the same. And you may think, what does she mean? I'm not talking about important political things. I'm talking about drama. I'm talking about messiness. I'm talking about the problematic nature that is social media. You have to choose what you consume. It is that simple. Like you do when you go to that family cookout and they've got the biggest spread and you've got to sit there and think, do I really do I really need do I really need pasta salad and potato salad? Is that something I really need? Do I really need the goddamn pasta salad and then a side of spaghetti bolognese. No, bitch, you don't need both. We really need to start evaluating how much we need. Do I really need to sit on YouTube for two hours and then jump on Insta for another 40? Then get over to TikTok. Oh, but then I want to do Netflix. Oh, and then my show come out on Stan. I got to watch Stan. No, 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 no. Reel it back, home girl. Reel it back. And that is the same thing with people. Do I need to talk to Jenny? Do I need to talk to David? Do I need to talk to Michael? Do I need to talk to Jeremy? Do I need to talk to Kylie? Do I need to do this? Do I need to, um, even if it's a partner, do I need to do this for X? Do I need to do that for X? Do I need to, does he want to do, we need that? Let's do, no, calm down, calm down. And especially as a mother, this can be particularly hard because we're inherently taught to put ourselves last. And as women, we are inherently told to put ourselves last. Now, my other thing with healing is it is no one else's responsibility. It is not my daughter's father's responsibility to heal me. It is not my mother's responsibility to heal me. It's not my father. It's not my child. It's not the next man that I fall in love with or the next person that I go out on a date with. It is no one's responsibility to heal myself other than me. I have been to a a psychologist. I have done that. Yes, they are so amazing. I I will, I continue to see one. But the biggest thing you get is from support from them is strategies, is ways, that things that you can do in your life to help and support and nourish you. They're not going to give you magic potions or goddamn sentences that are going to heal you. You have to do it. And that can be really confronting. And I don't want to I don't want to just glaze over it, guys. But if you're listening to no one's pro, uh, podcast, you know we're going to be confronting. 
I want you to know you can heal. I want you to know that you will heal. But you can't depend on other people to heal you. You can expect them to respect you. You can expect them to love you. You can expect them to nourish you. If you're giving them back, if that you're giving them that, let's let's have some back. Let's give, give me a little bit back now. Come on. Give me a little bit of love. But you cannot expect them to heal you. They may do it organically, but it's not the type of transfusion that you should ask for because if you're asking for it, it's not a value. I have worked so hard to even have the, the the capacity to conversate about this with you all. I have worked so hard to be able to speak on this and reclaim it, reclaim healing in an organic way to me, reclaim healing in a way that is very distinctively me. And I hope through my my experiences of talking about connecting to the land, reflecting on what you're consuming, reflecting on the things that you're you're looking at and, and even the things you're taking photos of, take photos of things that make you happy. And also, again, your relationships. Do not expect people to heal you. This is you. This is you. This is your time. Don't wait till you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Do it now. Switch off. Walk away from this capitalist machine that is, is making us cogs and we're just spitting out whatever they want us to, jumping. And when, when they say jump, we'll jump how high. Let's not do that. When you shut your door, shut the world out. When you shut the door, you be careful who you're letting in your space. And if that's via your phone, if that's via people calling you, if that's via guests, if that's via your own demons, demons, y'all, things that you carry inside you, that you won't even speak of. Don't let them in your house. You stare them in their face and you evaluate, do you want to keep carrying it? Do you want to keep carrying this burden? Is this how you want to live your life? Now, I wanted to end with a incredible quote from Frida Kahlo. Um, and this is a woman, like many of you, I'm sure, has had a profound effect over me, especially during my adolescence. But this is what she says. And again, I feel like it's very applicable to many different relationships in your life. She says, Frida Kahlo told her husband, I'm not asking you to kiss me nor apologize to me when I think you're wrong. I won't even ask you to hug me when I need it most. I don't ask you to tell me how beautiful I am, even if it's a lie, nor write me anything beautiful. I won't even ask you to call me to tell me how your day went, nor tell me how you miss me. I won't ask you to thank me for everything I do for you, nor to care about me when my soul is down. And of course, I won't ask you to support me in any decisions. I won't even ask you to listen to me when I have a thousand stories to tell you. I won't ask you to do anything, not even by my side forever, be by my side forever, because if I have to ask you, I don't want it anymore. Oh, that last line hit me. That's why I started. If I have to ask you, I don't want it anymore. That can be applied to relationship guys, but that can also be applied to ourselves. If I have to keep asking AJ to put AJ first, what is going wrong? What is not working? If I have to keep asking anyone in your life over and over and over to be there for you, what is the point? Healing is a journey. Healing is beautiful. It is 
magnetic it is life-changing it is evolutionary it is empowering it is it is decolonial it is ancient but it is scary and it is hard but I want to tell you it is so worth it and if you are listening to this podcast I want you to know you are worth it you are worth investing in and if that burden is too heavy if you are tired you can take it off And I'm not unrealistic to say all burdens are like a goddamn backpack and you put it off and you keep trekking. Some of our burdens will never leave us. But that does not mean that we can't take it off and rest for a while. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to Black Healing. It has been an honor. I will continue to create content and share it with you all in hopes that I am providing a new insight into Indigenous Australia, a new insight into my lived experience navigating colonial Australia as an Indigenous woman in the 21st century. Thank you so much.